Hi, everybody. Welcome to Cultivation with Kevy. I'm your host, Kevy the Dreamer, and this is a special birthday episode of Cultivation with Kevy. So this episode will be coming out on my birthday, and I was just very inspired to kind of go back to what I did on the first episode where it was just me sharing my thoughts. Um, there are a lot of things that I want to get out and just share with the world. And first and foremost, I want to thank you guys so much to everybody who's been listening, to everybody who has been tuning in every week and listening to my weekly episodes. Um, I've had so many great guests. I'm so appreciative to all the guests who have been on my show. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you. And I just really wanted to just kind of check in and just kind of talk about what I've been going through since I launched this podcast and kind of kind of just go over my vision and just things that I've been going through and things that I just want to share with you. So as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm very OCD. I'm horribly OCD. And this podcast has actually helped me through that process. I've learned to let go of a lot. I've learned to not expect perfection. I've learned that sometimes the way that things are is the way that God intends them to be. And if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for me. Right now, I'm just speaking from the heart. I don't have a script that I'm following. I don't have any notes. I'm just literally speaking off the top of my brain. So bear with me. As you know, my attention span and my train of thought can be a little all over the place. Um, so I apologize. I probably have a little ADD. I just really wanted to discuss something that I've been going through that I feel like a lot of people out there can probably relate to. I've actually been a nurse for the past 12 years, and I really struggled with whether I wanted to talk about this publicly or not, because I'm still working in my field. I'm actually a travel nurse by profession. I just wasn't sure if it would be the best decision to share what I'm going to share, but I feel like it can help somebody. So I just feel led to really share my story. So like I said, I've been a nurse for 12 years now. And in that 12 years, let's, let's actually take a step back further. So on my premiere episode, I actually talked about how I was a very shy person growing up. I was very sheltered, um, not by my parents, but literally I inhibited myself. I kept a lot of stuff in. I was just very insecure and afraid of everybody. I didn't trust anybody. All it took for me was one insult, and that led me to just lock myself inside of my shell. I always envisioned myself growing up as a turtle that just went into his shell and just locked the key and threw it away. Did, wouldn't let anybody in, wouldn't go outside for anything. Didn't want to let anybody in because I was just afraid of what their intentions were and were they going to call me a name that you know, it all stemmed from me not being comfortable with myself and me not admitting to myself that I was a gay man. And I hate, I don't want to say hate, I want to say that 
growing up, I used to be a little bit annoyed when people, I felt like people at least would kind of make being gay their whole identity. But I do understand the need to tell your story. I understand the oppression that comes with it. I understand the the sense of shame that one feels because nobody really wants to be different from everybody else. Nobody wants to be an outcast. It's a very uncomfortable sense of being. It's a very uncomfortable state of living when you are different from the norm. And when you're growing up and going through puberty and you're, you know, your body's changing and your voice is changing and you're just growing into an adult that can be a very difficult time in your life. So I say all of that to say that when I first graduated high school, I didn't have a sense of what I really wanted to do with my life. I didn't really understand that I didn't have to go to school every day anymore unless I chose to. I didn't really understand that high school and that part of my life was over. Because as you know, if you've been listening... And if you, you know, if you know my story, high school was a very traumatic time for me. It was very difficult. I went through a lot. Um, you know, I definitely had my, my share of bullies and people that made my life difficult and people that made me uncomfortable with being who I knew that I was and who I was afraid of being and revealing to the world. So that's a very long-winded way of saying that when I graduated high school and I made the decision to go to college, when I made the decision to go to nursing school and I got right into nursing school, first of all, I graduated when I was 17 years old. So I was always younger than everybody in my grade. I was always very, I felt very, um, I don't know if immature is the right word, but I felt very, I felt like I developed much slower than everybody else. A lot of things that I went through, I feel like kind of, I think they kind of place me into a space where my mind was kind of stuck there in that moment of when I went through the trauma. I remember learning in nursing school, learning about age and developmental levels. You know, you have... You have infants, you have toddlers, you have young children, school-aged children, you have teenagers, you have young adults, then you have middle-aged adults, and then you have older adults. I say all of that to say that when you develop your thinking skills, it's usually between, I'm going to get this wrong because I never can remember stuff verbatim, but it's between infancy and school-aged. So I feel like somewhere during that time in my life, I got stuck in the concrete level of thinking, of thinking and everything in a very black and white way. And I don't think that I properly developed into the abstract level of thinking. I always was very, I felt like if I didn't know the answer to something, that something was wrong with me. I remember when I first started out in nursing and the trauma and the anxiety that I dealt with 
because I'll be honest and I'll be very public about this. My very first nursing job, I'm not going to disclose where it was, but if anybody from that job is listening, you know who you are. And it was a very hard job. It was very toxic. People were very mean to me there. And I mean, I was bullied and I have a friend who was with me. You know, God always, I think I said this in my very first episode as well. God always in your life will plant a seed and plant somebody in your life that is going to help you through what you're going through. You're never going to go through the hardships and the difficulties that you're going through alone. So I publicly want to shout out Tia Anders, a very, very dear friend of mine. I love her so much, very dearly. If you're listening, Tia, I thank you for all that you have just helped me to unpack and just being my personal mentor um, as a nurse and as a young adult. You have helped me through so much. And I say all of that to say that on my very first nursing job and when you're giving report on your patients and there's always a level of, did I do this? Did I forget to do that? Am I going to get in trouble for this? You know, my level of thinking has always been very concrete. It's always been very childlike, very like if I didn't do this or if, if I don't know this, then something's wrong with me. I, I didn't know how to give myself grace. And that is definitely growing up in a trauma, the results, excuse me, of growing up in a trauma filled, you know, I don't want to say trauma filled household. When I share that, um, I don't want to talk negatively about my parents. I love them both very dearly. Um, if my mom happens to be listening to this, if my brother happens to be listening to this or anybody in my family, um, I'm just being very matter of fact and truthful about my life. I'm not saying not to put anybody down, but my childhood was filled with trauma. It was very difficult. I'm um, growing up with an alcoholic father. You know, you didn't know what kind of mood he was going to be in from one day to the next. So I felt like if I did something wrong, there were times growing up that it was, it was made to feel like it wasn't good enough. And I say that to say that I think that the trauma of that, of not feeling good enough and not feeling like I was smart or that I was capable and that I was worthy. I think that that was a trauma response to what I was going through. And that was my survival mechanism. I've always been in survival mode in my life for many, 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 many years, you know, going through school, going through high school was survival mode. You know, I didn't, I didn't take a look at the scenery around me. I didn't get to know people. I didn't, you know, I, I kept to myself to protect myself because I was so afraid of everything. I didn't know what was going to hurt me. All it took was one time of being called the word faggot. And it just shattered my whole sense of well-being, it, it, my sense of worthiness. Um, I share all of that to say that when I started nursing school, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life graduating high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do and love my mother very dearly. And I remember, you know, asking her for advice, you know, what do I do when I graduate high school? I, I know that I knew that I needed to go to school. I knew that I needed to go to college for 
whatever the next phase of my life was going to be. I knew that there was skills that I needed to learn there. Um, you know, I mean, and that was just kind of always the expectation. And I mean, that's how our society in America, you know, that's kind of what we're prepped for. We're prepped to go to college or we're prepped to be a good worker and get a good job. And, you know, you work out your 30 plus years of life and then you retire. And that's just our mindset. So I didn't really think of anything other than, okay, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to go to college, but what do I go to school for? I had no idea what I wanted to do. Again, you know, my mindset was survival mode. My, my mindset was how am I going to survive day by day of me having to go to, to school every morning? And are these people going to laugh at me today? Are people going to throw paper wads in my hair today? You know, I wore an Afro back in high school. I had long hair. I had long curls. And sometimes in certain classes, people would throw paper wads in my hair. Um, so it was just, you know, I would be so anxious and nervous for going to school the next morning. Um, I would be so nervous that I couldn't even sit down and eat a meal because I was too sick to my stomach. Um, so I would go into school and around third period, it would be like, I would be praying to the Lord. I would, I would be in study hall and I would have my head down on the desk and I would be praying to the Lord, you know, saying, please, Lord, please don't let my stomach growl. Please don't let them hear my stomach growl. They're going to laugh and make fun of me. It never failed around, I think it was 1030 that morning. And again, you know, you're up for high school. You're up at 630 around there, six o'clock, 630, somewhere early in the morning. You're not eating from 630 to the time you wake up until 1030 in the day. You're going to be hungry. You know, and I think that that caused a lot of issues in my life, my eating habits today. That's a whole nother episode. Um, but I'll say that just the embarrassment of knowing that my stomach was going to growl because I was hungry, but in the mornings I was too nervous to eat. So I just say all of that to say that when I was going through my high school years, it was survival mode. So fast forward to when I get to time to graduate and, and I asked my mother, you know, what should I do with my life? What, you know, what, what do I, what do I go to school to study? And she's suggesting going to school to be a nurse, a, because nurses are, are in demand. Nurses are needed. Even back when I graduated high school, they were in demand. They're very much more in demand today. Um, when I graduated high school, it was suspected that there would be an estimated thousands. I want to say like 30,000, maybe even more nursing, a nursing shortage of nurses in the healthcare system, probably the hospital alone, that doesn't even entail all that, all the areas of healthcare that nurses work in. Um, so I say that to say that, you know, she suggested going into nursing and she suggested, um, becoming a nurse, going to nursing school, because again, a, it was a job that was in demand. So you would always have a job. You wouldn't have to worry about job security. B, it was a job that paid well. And I think C, this isn't anything that she told me at the time, but I think that it was an unfulfilled dream of hers because my mother grew up, she was raised by her grandparents and being raised by her grandparents who were born in the 1910s, you know, they didn't really have the money um, for a college education for my mother. So my mother didn't go to college. My mother, you know, she worked in healthcare. She was a nurse's aide for many, many years. I want to say 20 plus years, but she just didn't have the means to go to school. So I think that deep down, if she could have at the time, she absolutely would have went to school to be a nurse. And 
A story that I do love sharing, side note with that is, you know, when I became a nurse and I graduated and I became a registered nurse, passed my boards, my mother is the one who helped me through nursing school. Um, and if anybody out there has ever heard of nursing school, you know, just how difficult it is. It's a beast. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. It's a bitch. It's, it's just a whole different level of questions that is just on a whole nother level. First of all, in nursing school and on your, when you take your boards, which is known as the NCLEX, um, the questions, the answers to the questions are all correct. You have to find the answer that's the most correct. And there's some questions that are prioritization, um, or excuse me, not prioritization. That's, that's the types of questions usually that you get with nursing. What is the priority action? But you get questions that are select all that apply. So if one of the answers that you select is wrong, or if you don't select an answer that is correct, you miss the whole question. So, I mean, it was just a beast. So my mother not having any training in being a nurse, but she had that background of being a nurse's aide for many, many years. She is the one who helped me through nursing school. And there was a many other people that helped me through nursing school. Shout out to Joanne Easter. I'm so sorry, Joanne Jones. Um, I called you by your married name at the time um, when you were mentoring me and tutoring me. I'm Joanne Jones. Love you so much. Lo love you dearly. Um, a dear friend, a dear family friend, and a personal mentor of mine as well in nursing. Um, her and my mother both helped me through nursing school. And I say all of that to say that when I made it through nursing school, past my boards, my mother was inspired because I told her, you know, you know what you're doing. You know this. You can become a nurse. You can do this. My mother went to first LPN school. And I don't remember exactly how many people were in her class, but I want to say my mind is telling me there was 50 people in her class. Y'all, my girl, <laughs> my mama was top 10 in her class. Number seven. You go, girl. Yes, honey. <laughs> so I got to give my mom her props on that. But she made it through LPN school and then she went to nursing school and she became a nurse and she is a nurse today. She graduated in 2015, I believe, and has been a nurse ever since. And I just, I love that story because... I feel like God in part had me become a nurse to instill into her and to let her know that she has the tools. She has what it takes to become a nurse. So I love that story. Um, but I say all of that to say that some of the things that I've been through in nursing and some of you out there may not really know what all nursing entails. Nursing can be a very dog eat dog profession. It can be a very difficult field. I mean, first of all, and I talked about this in my episode with my girl, Sheena, shout out to Sheena Williams, RN at keeping it kinky on social media, on Instagram. Um, loved getting to connect with her. Um, we talked about this, but the field is just very heavy. It's very, um, the things that nurses go through. I'm just speaking from my experience. You know, there may be people out there who love what they do. They love the field of nursing and we need those people. And to those people, I say, thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Thank you. We need you. The world needs you. We need nurses. The world needs nurses. Cause I'm just going to be honest and no disrespect to my doctors out there, but this is the truth. Nurses do the bulk of the work. 
nurses are the primary caregivers and they're the primary people that carry out the the tasks that are done in the hospital and in nursing in general. So I'm saying all of this to say that in nursing, so much responsibility is placed on the nurse, especially when you're in the healthcare setting, excuse me, I meant to say in the hospital setting, which is the only setting that I've ever worked in. I have been a, a bedside staff nurse for 12 years. So with that being said, being in the hospital is so stressful. There's so many levels to it. And just some things that I'll speak about that is just the truth. And if anybody takes offense to it, I'm sorry that the truth hurts. I'm not sharing this to pin anybody down. I'm just sharing my story and my truth. So nurses are responsible for if a doctor orders the wrong medication, the wrong dose of a medication, because we are the ones who are giving that medication. So we have to fact check our doctors and make sure that their orders are safe. We have to clarify orders with doctors. If we feel that something is not safe, if we don't understand something and we need clarification on, is this safe for the patient? Um, we are the primary caregivers for that patient. There are times that we, there is not only a nursing shortage, there is a nursing age shortage. There is a nursing age shortage. So with that being said, there are times in the hospital that you are giving primary care to your patients. You don't have an aide that's supporting you. So not only are you the nurse for that patient, you're also the aide. So if the patient needs to go to the restroom, there I've been at, at hospital facilities that the nurses even give some of the respiratory medications. So not only are we the nurse, the aide, we're the respiratory therapist. I've been in hospitals where we draw the labs. We're also the phlebotomist. We are wearing all of these hats and we are carrying all of this weight. It's no wonder that mistakes happen. And today, in today's society and in today's world and climate, you hear about these nurses who are getting sued and people will say, well, why don't you just refuse the assignment? You really can't refuse the assignment because that is considered patient abandonment because hospitals already don't have the resources for a safe assignment in the first place. So who's going to take care of that patient? Somebody has to. And in my experience, and I'm just going to be actual and factual with this, I am the one who is primarily taking care of those heavy assignments because I'm the travel nurse. I've been a travel nurse since 2015 when my mother became a nurse. So I've been a travel nurse, not consistently because there was a time in between 2015 to now that I was a staff nurse for a brief period of time. But pretty much for the past seven years, I've been a travel nurse. So, you know, a lot of hospitals will see the travel nurses as, well, they're making more money than we are. And they are the relief for this floor. So we're going to relieve our staff and we're going to give them the heavy weight, the heavy assignments. So a lot of times we are getting the hardest assignment, the heaviest load, and it's just what it is. And, you know, not only... You know, again, some of the tasks that nurses do, we are taking care of the patient. We're taking care of the patient's families. There's times that we can't get a hold of the doctor. There's some doctors that do not want to be disturbed at night because I primarily only work night shift. In my 12 years of being a nurse, there was only one time in my life that I've worked day shift, and that was for a nursing assignment that I did for a year. 
So there are times that you can't get a hold of the doctor. There's emergencies. Don't wait for, oh, it's not 7 a.m. yet when the, the main team is here. Emergencies happen 24-7. That's why a hospital is open 24-7, 365. We work holidays. We work weekends. Like Fridays usually don't mean anything to us because we have to work a set amount of weekends and a set amount of holidays. So it's a lot. And I'm just being honest about the experience of being a nurse. And with me saying all of that, I'm not going to speak about certain experiences that I've had particularly other than I will say that my very first nursing job was very toxic and very across the board. I pretty much only had Tia and I'm naming your name, girl, Tia. I didn't give you an alias. I said your name straight up, your government. <laughs> But I'm saying that to say that that was the only person that supported me and that was nice to me, really, that even spoke to me. It was a very toxic job where I was bullied and the whole field in a nutshell is heavy. And I've struggled with, do I share this story? Because as you guys as well know, I am an aspiring entertainer. I'm an aspiring singer, songwriter, actor, television host writer. I mean, creative. I'm an overall creative. I, I aspire to create art and I aspire to be creative. I aspire to model in magazines. I aspire to walk the runway. I aspire to sing. I aspire to have an album someday. I aspire to collaborate with different artists. I, my journey started as a model. And I think that as I got more comfortable on my modeling journey and learning the ins and outs of that industry, I think that I've been more open to acting, but acting is not something that I ever, I, I don't think that I ever 100% knew if I was going to be an actor. The interest I think has always been there because again, I'm an artist. Usually when you train to be a model, you take acting classes. So I kind of follow, I found myself falling in love with it. And I say that to say that now I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with it. Um, and I have a lot of different ideas now that I'm fully immersed into this creative outlet that I am, you know, navigating through and um, exploring. Um, so back to my original point of, I just didn't know if I would reveal, you know, I just didn't know if I would ever reveal my personal thoughts about my the field that I work in my nine to five, because again, there are people out there that may hear this and may figure out who I am. You know, not that I am a public figure or anything on that level yet, but I'm saying that to say that if they, you know, if I do continue to work as a travel nurse or in a different field or, or part of nursing, um, and they tie the pieces together and figure out that, I also have a podcast that I'm publicly speaking about my thoughts and feelings. They may not necessarily like that and they may not feel that I'm a good representation of their brand, but I will definitely be honest with this and, and 100% say this with my chest and say this out loud publicly that I am not in the business of working for somebody else. I'm in the business of working for myself. There are so many places I could go with this. There's so many different things that I could say. There's so many experiences that I've had that have been personally demeaning that come with being working for a company and I'm not going to publicly name any company names, but I will say that I've had very many bad experiences where I have been pretty much told that I don't matter and that it's better to shut the hell up and pretty much do what you're told you're paid, you know, and 
pretty much the customer is always right. And one thing that I will say, I will say this with my chest as well. Just because you work for a company and you represent a company does not give anybody, customer, president, CEO, whoever, the right to disrespect you. Period. And that's that on that. I'm not going to go any further into that. I'm just going to say, I'm going to end that with, I value myself because of what I've been through. So I'm not going to be out here being miserable, ridiculed, harassed, and bullied and called names, which I have been on my job at different levels. And again, I've not worked for the same company for all of these 12 years. So I'm not talking about one particular company or organization, but I've definitely not been respected by upper management, you know, charge nurses, even people that should be there to also make sure that you have what you need to do your job. And a part of any job should never be being called out of your name, being harassed. And you're just supposed to just take that because they, the company wants that business to come back. I'm just saying. So anyway, we'll get back into what I really want to do with my life. And, you know, I have so many different ideas and I don't know if in the first episode, I can't remember right now because I haven't referenced it before recording this, but I don't remember if I shared any of the ideas that I have. And if, you know, some things I don't want to talk about publicly because some some projects, I want to finish them and make sure that they're going to come out right and that they are going to work before I speak about them. But I have so many different ideas, so many different things that I want to do. And what I do want to say right now is I'm so appreciative for, again, the guests that have come on my platform here on Cultivation with Kevy and have shared their story and have just shared so many gems, so many things that they've learned in their life, something about me that I've really tried to make the premise of this particular podcast, this platform is I'm somebody that I love to hear people's stories. I love to gather information. I love memoirs. I love what I love people's biographies. I love what have you learned? How have you applied it to your life? It's a sense of, wow, I can't believe that you went through that and you were able to put something of that magnitude behind you, endure it, and now look at where you're at. I mean, there's just so much to be learned from everybody. There's so much to be learned. We all have different perspectives. We all have different backgrounds, different cultures. And I just love, I love me a good memoir. I love me a good biography. I love me a good documentary. Um, so that has been my idea with this platform is to bring people on here and talk about what have they overcome what have they been through and how have they applied it to their life and how have they gotten to where they are today? Um, so again, you know, I, I thank my guests and I also just want to thank all the people that I've connected with in my life, the people that are still here with me today, even the people that I've lost, you know, I have learned something from, I have learned something from everybody who has been a part of my life, whether you're still here today, whether I've lost touch with you, whether you were just not good for me and you were only there for a season of my life and our relationship no longer exists. You know, I'm just appreciative of where I am today. I'm so grateful to God. Um, and I just particularly right now want to talk about the creative people that I have had the privilege and the pleasure of surrounding myself with here in LA. 
Um, I've, I've previously mentioned IMTA, the model and talent competition that I took part in back in January. I've connected with so many people from that. And I'm somebody that my mindset is we all can make it. I'm not competing with anybody, but the man in the mirror, my competition is myself. I'm happy for everybody. If they, you know, if they get something, maybe even not that this has happened, but I'm just giving you a scenario that it could be a possibility, but us as actors, us as singers, us as, you know, whatever we are auditioning for roles. And if they happen to get that, I'm so happy for them. I am celebrating them because I know that how hard, I know how hard the journey is. And I know that my moment and my blessing is coming. What God has for me is for me. I don't have to compete with anybody for it. There's nothing that I can do to mess it up. It's coming. You know, there's nothing that can block what God has coming for me, not even the devil. There's not a devil in hell that can stop what God is doing in my life and what he's doing for me, the blessings that are coming for me. And I'm sharing that to say, I'm encouraging myself a little bit and anybody out there that can relate to this. I'm saying that to say that there's been so many times in my life when I felt overlooked, I felt like I'm not good enough. You know, I felt like I don't have what it takes and I will, you know, I'll be honest about this and not that I'm jealous of it, but that it's just another moment of, okay, not, not yet. Um, but you know, participating in IMTA, um, there's so many people that I've seen that have gotten signed and so many people that are just a part of these amazing projects. And I'm so happy for them. Um, so many dope people, so many people with just beautiful lights that I've connected with through that opportunity. And, you know, I, what I'll say about that is perhaps maybe I wasn't as prepared as everybody else. I'm very new at this. You know, I didn't decide to really partake on this creative journey that I'm on to really pursue modeling and acting really until I will say last year when I first, when I first started my travel assignment in Lexington, Kentucky with my dear friend and beloved cousin, Raymond Cousins, who he has been on an episode here on Cultivation with Kevy. Shout out to Raymond. Love him dearly. Um, but when I took that assignment, I just, things in, in my life just felt like they were falling into place. I was meeting people, um, people that could help me with different ideas that I had creatively. I'm also a cosplayer. I don't know if I've ever talked about that before on this platform. Um, I'm into cosplay and I don't know how to sew. Um, I don't know how to create my own costumes. Um, I know I have a vision for them, but I don't know how to put them together. Um, so just so many different people that I've met that have connected me with people. I I've been blessed to find a seamstress in Kentucky who was helping me on some different, um, costume ideas that I have. Um, I've met so many different dancers who are just fucking talented. Um, something about me that I've always wanted. I've always wanted to be free and let myself go and just dance freely and just know how to dance. So I've always wanted to take dance classes. And I started taking dance classes in Lexington um, through my cousin, who is um, a dance instructor himself. Um, so shout out to Raymond, shout out to Eric Hayes, shout out to Chantella Whitfield, shout out to T um, Tara. Um, 
Hernandez. Shout out to just the whole dance community that is in Lexington, Kentucky, that I've had the beautiful privilege of connecting with. You guys have just been incredible. Um, but, you know, moving to Lexington, I've connected with also so many wonderful nurses. I met so many wonderful people and I'm just so just being blessed with that opportunity. And I say all of this to say that I moved to Lexington, took that assignment in Lexington with the intention of this is a stepping stone to get to where I want to be. I want to take these dancing classes. I want to build my network. I want to just meet people, connect with people, network with people, and just continue to develop my craft and just continue to shine my light and be all that I am. And Lexington was just such a great place for me to do that. And, um, I just really, I just can't thank Raymond enough for just opening me up to, um, his network of friends and just connecting me with all of his, his beautiful people, his beautiful, um, group, um, of individuals that have just taken me in as their own. And, um, so that's what really started my, my journey. And then with intention as well, my next assignment, I knew that I was going to go to LA. I had a competition coming up in LA and I just decided, Hey, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to really pursue this thing. And looking back on it, I may have been jumping the gun a little bit because I didn't have a lot of experience, but I wouldn't change anything. First of all, because it's made me who I am in this very moment, speaking to you right now. And as well, I've just learned so much and I've also connected with so many wonderful people here in LA. Shout out to them as well. Um, people that I'm working with and collaborating with. And um, I just have so many goals being here. I have so many projects that I want to work on. And I think the premise of why I'm, I'm speaking to you right now on this very episode is I just wanted to share that if something is making you miserable. If something is not fulfilling you, you got to walk away from it. You know, travel nursing, I will say is pretty lucrative. I will say that the rates are starting to go down because COVID is, <laughs> this is a very touchy subject speaking about COVID. What I will say is, is the healthcare industry is trying to get back to normal with as much as they can. So with pay, the wages and the rates are not as lucrative as they were. So that is starting to go down, but you do still get paid more being a travel nurse versus being a staff nurse. But it doesn't matter to me personally how much I'm getting paid if I'm not fulfilled, if I'm miserable, if I'm stressed, if I'm anxious all the time. You have to you have to be strong enough and trust God in saying that if this is not for me, God is going to expand my horizons and he is going to allow me to connect with what is for me. So I'll be honest right now, you know, I am not really sure what is coming next. I'm still just honing my craft and developing and building my skills and I know that when it's meant to be and when it's the right time, it will happen because I trust that this is what God has for me. I don't feel like God would lead me down this path for nothing. Something is going to come from it. There's, there's some light at the end of the tunnel that I'm getting closer and closer every day. 
note Princess Tiana from Princess and the Frog. <laughs> but um, I say all of that to say that if something is just making you miserable and uncomfortable, which is something that I've dealt with for a very long time, but I will say that since COVID has, you know, been a thing, it's just definitely, it has... I mean, it's grew legs and it's just spread like wildfire, um, my anxiety. So my goal is to be as peaceful, as well-fed and nourished, meaning as fulfilled as possible. It does not matter to me how much I'm getting paid. And working in the hospital is a great schedule. You work three twelves and then you're off the rest of the day, or excuse me, the rest of the week. And that's wonderful, but if you are really struggling mentally through those three twelves, 12 times three is what, 36? So through those 36 hours out of 72 hours that you are working, if you work your ships in a row like me so that I can have days off together, and I'm on a whole journey right now of trying to get off a night shift, you know, um, Night shift, I've been stuck on it since I started as a nurse. Like I said, I've been doing night shift pretty much the majority of my career other than there was one year out of 12 years that I was on day shift. So, you know, night shift takes a toll on you. And some of my friends listening to this right now in my community can probably attest to this and will tell you that I'm usually no good. I'm so tired all the time. I have no energy. So... My journey right now is just mental health is my priority. Peace of mind is the most important thing in my life. So if it doesn't fulfill me, it can't stay. But what I will say without naming anybody, because again, I'm not here to knock anybody publicly. I'm not here to berate anybody. I'm just here to tell my story. But, you know, I've had people in my life that have went way out of their way to try to bring me down. And I can say today that I'm so grateful to God that I've had the experiences and the lessons that I've been taught that have come from those encounters that I've had, you know? And those people know who they are. And, you know, I believe in karma and I believe in energy. And I believe that when you put out negative energy and you put out constantly bad things towards other people and attacking other people, calling them names and just trying to make them miserable and hurt them. All of all that's going to do, it does affect that person, but I would be fearful. I don't want to say fearful. I want to say I would be mindful of that person that has learned how to overcome all of that shit that you've thrown at them, that you've spewed at them. Anybody that has taken all of that and has used that as bricks, they've taken the bricks that you've thrown at them to create a foundation for which you can't bring them down anymore. I would be mindful of that person because that person is a force to be reckoned with. And that person is me. You know, I've had people sling mud, sling dirt on my name and just really go out of their way to try to hurt me. There have been times that I just didn't say anything back because I didn't want to give it my energy, but Again, I believe in karma, I believe in energy, and I believe that God, you know, God knows what he's doing, and God can handle it better than I can. So 
anybody that has to go out of their way to make anybody else miserable is miserable themselves. So really what good is going to come from what you're doing anyway? You know, I mean, I'm not saying that to say that God is only going to bless me. And I'm not saying that to say that I'm perfect. Never claim to be perfect. Never will be perfect. And I don't want to be perfect because those shoes are too big for me to fill. But what I will say is, is I've taken what has been thrown at me and I've applied the lessons. I've, I've applied them as lessons to take me to where I want to go. And I've put it behind me and I'm not wasting my time or energy on it anymore. How you treat other people, that's going to come back on you in some form or fashion. And it may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen next week, may not happen next year, but eventually you're going to reap what you sow. Guys, if you've listened to this point of the episode, I just really want to thank you for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And I just have a few more final thoughts that I want to share with you today. Every year when I've reached my birthday, I always use that day as a time of reflection. I think about past experiences, past lessons that I've learned, and how I apply them to my life at the current moment. And that is my vision for today's episode. I want to take the lessons that I've learned from the past, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I just want to apply it to my life moving forward. And I want to be here as a light and as a beacon of hope for anybody that may be going through anything similar to what I've talked about or something completely entirely different. Whatever it is that you're going through, please know that God has got you and please know that you have the tools inside of you to be able to make it through what you are going through. You are equipped for your purpose. I'm at a place in my life where I no longer wish to work for anybody else. When I said those words earlier, what I really wanted to make entirely crystal clear, I am no longer interested in somebody else having to approve my schedule. I am no longer interested in somebody else having to approve my days off. I am no longer interested in anybody's approval, period, for any part of my life. If I want to take a trip, if I want to take time off, if I want to attend an event, I want to be free to be able to do that. This is my life and I'm the author of it. I don't need anybody's approval or anybody's permission to do the things that I desire to do. And that is why, for the most part, I'm ready to leave behind the past 12 years of my life and move forward onto a new. I rebuke the lies of the devil. I rebuke the demon of OCD. For anybody out there that may be dealing with OCD like I do, I am constantly struggling with what I put out, was it right? Did I say the right things? How did I say it? And I constantly unravel and pick apart the words that just naturally flood from my mouth and oh I should have said it this way or oh that didn't come out right but you have to just trust the journey you have to trust the process and you have to know that God has got you and whatever happens is whatever happens has been intended to happen 
There are no mistakes and there are no secrets. There are no surprises. God knows. God knows what he's doing and God knows what's to come. Stop beating yourself up. Stop expecting perfection and give yourself some grace. As long as you are trying your very best, as long as you are making a conscious choice every day to shine your light, and as long as you are not intending to hurt anybody, that's all that you can ask for. We would be so much stronger if we would formulate together. If we would join together in unison and work together instead of trying to tear everybody else apart, trying to tear each other apart, we would get so much more accomplished. We are so much stronger together than we are separated and divided by ourselves. Not one person knows everything. Some people know a lot of things and it may seem like they know everything, but nobody is good at everything. Everybody has a talent and everybody has their own unique purpose and you yourself have a unique talent and a unique purpose that you, only you, can bring to this world and it's up to you to fulfill it. Stop feeling like you are unworthy because everybody else seems to have, they appear to be walking in their light and their purpose and you are seeing on the outside the blessings that has been bestowed upon them. But what you don't see and what you don't know is what they have had to walk through and overcome. That's what this platform is all about. That's what Cultivation with Kevy is. A self-empowerment, self-improvement community for us to come together, to learn from each other, to hear each other's stories, so that we ourselves can be our best selves and we can make the light, we can make the world a brighter place. One final, final, final note. On my premiere episode of this very podcast, I shared that I would be ending each episode with an affirmation. And that was the only time that I ever did that. That was the only episode that that ever happened. Because every time I got with my guests, I was so excited to be speaking to them, I completely forgot about it. So I say that to say that I rebuke the lie that you messed up so you're unworthy the lie that you messed up so you're not good the lie that you messed up you made a mistake something didn't come out the way that you intended it to so it's no good all of those are lies all of those come from a place of lack all of those come from a place of areas of your life that need to be healed it's time for you to stop beating yourself up and it's time, it's time for you to start building yourself up. Guys, I thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for joining me on this special birthday episode where I have decided to share some thoughts on my birthday, some gems that I have learned along the way, and some things that I just wanted to let out. And I hope that it has blessed you and it has helped you in your life in the same way that it has blessed and helped me throughout mine. Until next time, this has been Cultivation with Kevy. Take care and God bless. Keep shining your light.